Well, great. Good. We'll do that. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer and lift these things in your heart as I lift them to the Lord in prayer. Father, again, we, we thank you, Lord, that we can come and bring these requests uh, to the very throne of God. Uh, we can come boldly because of the, the blood of Christ. And, uh, Lord, we come this morning with bowed heads and bowed hearts uh, to the King of kings and Lord of lords. You're a gracious God, Father, and we love you. Uh, Lord, our hearts are stirred and moved at how you work in uh, sinners like us, that you would love us and watch over us and keep us. And Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory. We thank you especially for the great salvation we have in our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus. And uh, Lord, it's in his name we come, uh, the name that's above every name and the fact that he is the only mediator. But Lord, that he ever lives to intercede for us. And so, Father, help us just to rejoice in our salvation. And we do this morning. We rejoice uh, for the privilege of knowing you, the privilege of being able to pray to you, the privilege of your word that you have blessed us with. Lord, uh, we thank you. We lift up to you these requests, and we thank you for the birth of Ian, and God, just watch over uh, him and and mom and dad, and, and God, uh, bless that family, continue to bless that family. Lord, I lift up to you, Shruti, and uh, the new adoption, and for Olivia, and uh, Lord, we thank you uh, for opening the doors for this to happen. We pray that Shruti would grow up to, to know you, if she doesn't already, uh, that, uh, Lord, we just, uh, we just praise you for this event, and for Paul, and, and, uh, Sarah, who are expecting twins, Lord, we lift them and, uh, to you and just you'll watch care over those twins as they're developing in the womb. And, and uh, we uh, uh, pray for Lydia and the, the decision, Lord, that uh, she has to make. Lord, just give her uh, a real clear and... Uh, understanding of what she is to do. And so, Lord, we pray with her. And, uh, Lord, we also uh, uh, pray for Donna in eye surgery as she goes in and be with the doctors. And, and uh, we pray, Lord, that it would be successful. Lord, we also pray for Mitchell and his open-heart surgery Tuesday. And we... We just know, Lord, that you're the great physician and that you use the skills of these men who uh, you have created and given wisdom and, and uh, uh, the ability to uh, perform these surgeries. And so, Lord, be with the doctors. So, Father, we just uh, thank you and praise you this morning that uh, we can come to you and... Uh, Lord, we, we need you. We need you now as we look into your word uh, to open our understandings and that we might as, uh, grow to know you more, to love you more, uh, to be better servants and uh, serve you out of newness of heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.
in the book of Romans is where we're going through, and you have your Bibles. If not, there's one in the pew. should be in front of you if you don't have yours today. Um, Romans chapter 13, and I want to read verses 11 through the end of the chapter, so this will should conclude this portion of, uh, of Romans. Do this, Paul says, knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. And may God bless to our hearts this uh, reading of his word. And So Paul, in, in the first uh, 11, just a brief review for those that have not been here. In chapters 1 through 11, Paul's told us in, uh, the good news of the gospel that Christ came into this world uh, to die for us, to do what the law, keeping the law, could not do, which was to take away our sins, our guilt, our condemnation. And that now, Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us uh, that if we can Fess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If we uh, believe in our heart, uh, 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 which is so important, we must believe in our heart. And I just pray that uh, uh, this morning as I ask this question, have you done that? Have you asked Christ uh, uh, to save you? Are you trusting him alone for salvation? That's huge. That's the most important thing that's in in anyone's life is how, what is your relationship? If there is salvation in no one else, we find out. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. And his name is Jesus. Do you know him? Not do you know about him, but do you know him? Is there a relationship? And this is what Paul uh, is so concerned about. In, Roman, in Romans 12 and 13, he's given us a description of the kind of li- uh, life people will live. Not perfectly, but the kind of life they will live if they truly embrace Christ as their Lord and Savior. As the supreme treasure of their life. Let me ask you, is he the supreme treasure in your life? That's huge. Is he the supreme treasure in your life? I hope he is this morning as we uh, look into his word. And then we found out that the main mark of this life is what? What is the main mark of the Christian life? Uh, Yes, That's right, exactly, love. Thank you. Uh, And if we really love the way Christ loves... He says, you fulfill the whole law, Paul says. Uh, Paul said in verse 8 of Romans 13, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. 
owe nothing to anyone. In other words, pay it back. But owe, owe love all the time. Amen. You never, never, there's never a time when you don't owe love. It's a 24-7, 365 days a year thing. So let every obligation, like paying taxes, every job, every duty, be an act of love. And Paul says this, and this is a verse that I pointed out last week, but so important, 1 Corinthians 16, 14, let all that you do be done in love. That's your whole life. Now that you're a Christian, be an act of love. And I am thankful, as David pointed out, uh, that this church, when people come here, see the love of Christ. They feel the love of Christ. Uh, it's evident. And uh, that's wonderful. I mean, that's just wonderful. And uh, I'm just glad God is, is uh, in the midst of this church and in your lives because it's quite evident uh, that he is. So Paul is saying, be motivated first because love sums up the law or fulfills the law. That's in verse 10 of 13. And this week, we want to see, second, be motivated knowing the time. Knowing the time in verse 11. Uh, in the Greek, it literally says, and this, which is kai tuta, and this, Knowing the time. And uh, we see Paul uses this uh, uh, structure, sentence structure in other places. But brother goes to law with brother. In other words, to sue a brother. And that, or and this, uh, again, and that before unbelievers. In other words, and they do this before unbelievers. Uh, and so, again, I think what, uh, Paul is saying here is, uh, uh, as in, in uh, the New American Standard has it, do this knowing the time. Do what? Knowing the time. We'll go back, owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. Do this knowing the time, is what he's saying. Owe this love because you know the time. And we're going to look at that this morning. Uh, being motivated by what time it is. So what about this time that, that motivates us uh, to love others more? What is he talking about this time? Uh, maybe you've never thought about that, but uh, I think it's big. What time is he talking about? Uh, and I think primarily he's talking about the time between the two comings of Christ. Because you don't live the entire time, you, everybody comes along, and so it's this time that we're living in right now. Paul is saying, let this time that we live in shape our behavior, is what he's saying. And we go back to Romans 12 too, remember, Paul says, not to be conformed to this age. That age, of course, is fallen, dark, sinful, uh, and, and dominated by sin. Remember Ephesians 2, 1 and 2, he says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that is now working in the sons 
of disobedience. And also in 1 John 5, 19, we know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So he says, don't be conformed to this because you're not this. You see, you've been, you're being transformed uh, by uh, this love that I am talking about. And again, is that true about you? You know, I, uh, it just did my heart good this morning to hear David. Uh, and, and I love testimonies like that, just being in the parking lot and how God just spoke to him about everything he has to be thankful for and loving people and the people that have been here. And all. You see, that's God working. That is God working. And uh, wow, let that be true in our own lives as well. It, it's, it's, uh, it's huge. It's big. Um, so Paul is saying, don't be like this time, but be motivated by it. Don't be like it, but be motivated by it. See, there's a difference. Paul says, uh, this is a time of waking up from sleep. Did you see that? Wake up from sleep. It is day. Get busy. I think we can see Paul here is very positive about what he's saying. You know, it's not doom and gloom and end of things. And you have to be careful because if you listen to the news and if you listen to a lot of prophetic preaching, it's doom and gloom and you might as well give up, dig your uh, bomb shelter, get in it, and whatever. No. That's not what Paul is saying here. He's very positive about this time that we live in. And we're part of this, as we saw in Sunday school. We're part of this prophecy that's been, and we're an active part in it. There's an interesting passage in 1 Thessalonians 5 uh, talking about what day. This day is near. Uh, and that's found in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 through 9. It's a, almost a parallel of what Paul is saying in Romans here. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they were saying, peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. But you, brethren, you believers, are not in darkness that the day would overtake you like a thief. And he goes on and he says, For you are sons of light and sons of day. We are not of light nor of darkness, so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. For those who sleep do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. And I'll uh, speak more to that towards the end. But for God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Whoa, that just gets you excited reading it. And uh, uh, so... The Christians in those days were taught that Christ was coming back and it could be soon and uh, it should not overtake you as a, a thief in the night. And those people who are taken off guard, he says, those in darkness. In other words, don't be like those who don't know me. Don't be in darkness about this. Uh, but 
you're a light. You're the light of the world. And uh, the true light has come, Christ. Christ has come. And uh, he saved us. And we're not destined for wrath. But he says what in verse 14? Put on Christ. Clothe yourselves with Christ. And this is not just at conversion. But this is every day of your life. See? Salvation is, salvation is, uh, I have been saved, I am being saved, I will be saved. That's salvation. And so, yeah, put on Christ every day. It's not just a ticket to heaven where you get your, you know, your ticket as you go around on a merry-go-round, and then you got it, and then you just, okay, life's over, going to heaven, uh, put it on every day. Put on Christ every day because... Uh, that's what he's talking about. I really believe that. So, what is this time we're now living in? I think we're living in a time where sin and righteousness are together. And that can be very confusing, I think. This is an age to come. There is an age to come where the reign of righteousness, uh, the kingdom of God in a literal physical sense will happen but uh, and there will be a new creation of heaven and earth but you know what second corinthians 5:17 says we are already right now a new creation in christ Amen. so that's huge isn't it uh, and and it's important to understand that and uh, but one day there will be a, a a reign of righteousness the kingdom of god and so forth uh, that will have no sin. But right now, we struggle with sin. <clears throat> yeah, we're born again. We have the Spirit of God, but we also have the flesh. And that flesh is warring against us. And it's something we battle with. And uh, that's why he talks about the armor of light, putting on this armor of light. Uh, so, in one sense, in one sense, the kingdom of God has come. Now, you may... That's fine. You may disagree with that. But I'm just trying to explain to you the way I see it and the way I understand it. And, uh, and, and the point is, Jesus said in Mark 1.15, this time is, and saying this time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. I think what he's saying is, it's, it's here. It is now. Not some future thing. No, you can enjoy this. Yeah, we have eternal life in the future, but we have eternal life right now. You see, yes, there is a new creation coming in that, a real literal new creation. Yeah, but what? We're new creations right now. Amen. You see? I kind of see both here. You know, it's, it's uh, this don't limit, this don't limit uh, our thinking. Colossians 1 uh, 13 and 14. For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred, and we go, you know, Romans, be, uh, and transferred to us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. When is that? Now. Thank you. You got it. It's now. Not something in the future. And uh, that's huge. And it's true of us if we really do trust
Christ. Uh, so, so why is it at hand now? Because Christ came, I believe, and is now in the hearts and the lives of his children. Amen. By faith. Not by works, but by faith. In other words, we trust him, we depend on him, we rest in him, we put our confidence in him, we rely on him alone, a place our faith in him alone, and this is all apart from uh, merit, from, from works. It's by faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It's by grace you have been saved. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So what is about this time, Paul goes on in, in, in verse 11, he says, this is the hour for you to awaken from sleep. Asleep is what people lost who are lost in this age are doing. They're asleep. And they're dead in their trespasses and sin. He says, don't be like that. Don't be like. Uh, don't spend your life asleep in the dream world of this age with all its glitter, with all its attraction, with all its materialism. Uh, I'm kind of expand, expounding on that. But see what? 1 John 2 8 says, On the one hand, I'm writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away, and the, it sounds like Paul, and the darkness is passing away, and the true light is what? Already. Already shining. Jesus is shining through in this dark age. He's shining in our hearts. You know what? The world uh, experiences in this world a great rush. Because really, this is, I mean, just creation being alive, there is a great rush, is there not, with, with what's going on in the world. I mean, you jump out of an airplane and you start skydiving, that's a rush. But you know what? The world has no parachute. See, that's the sad thing. No parachute. And they're going to hit the ground. They're going to hit the ground. And what is hitting the ground to the world? John three thirty six. He who believes in the Son has eternal life. Now, that's now. But he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the what? The wrath of God. He's going to hit the ground because he has no parachute. And Jesus is the parachute. Also, Paul says in, in, in 11b, For now salvation is nearer to us than we first believe. And of course, I, th I see here a great word, a word of hope to Christians. Uh, there's coming a time when all sin and misery will be done away with. There will be no more depression or discouragement. And uh, one day we will see him face to face. But when the perfect comes, and I think when Andrew said this last week, uh, when the perfect comes, when Jesus comes, okay? Again, you may interpret that differently. That's fine. I'm just, I, when the perfect comes, the partial will, will be done away. And then on down in verse 12, it says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Who are we going to see face to face? Christ. Christ. I think very clearly. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully as I have also been fully known. I will see Christ 
See, it's about Christ. And uh, that's our hope. This is a word of hope. Salvation is nearer to us than we first believe. Our final salvation, uh, the greatest day of all, is, of course, the coming of Christ. But to be absent, don't ever forget, though, to be absent from uh, this world is to be what? We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body than to be at home with the Lord. So, in a sense, we're all less than 100 years away from Christ and seeing him face to face. Now, we are looking forward to when he comes again, and that may be a 1,000 years, it may be five years, I don't know. And the thing is, though, we're all very close to Christ. Some of us, like Dad, are pretty doggone close to seeing Christ. Or maybe he may outlive me, I don't know. But at 90, he realizes, you know, these are the latter days for me. And yet he's close to, to seeing his, his wonderful Lord and Savior and being in his presence, see. So always remember that. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's so important to understand that. And then 12a, he says, the night is, Paul says, the night is almost gone and the day is near. In other words, light has come. Christ has broken the power of darkness. And of course, it's only a matter of time when this darkness will be gone forever. But this is the age of darkness. This 2,000 years, uh, this overlap, if you will, of the, of the righteousness uh, of Christ and the, and the uh, sinfulness of this age. And this, again, is a wonderful hope for the Christians who long for the enemy of death to be thrown into the lake of fire. The night is almost gone and the day is near. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. So there is a time coming when there will be no more death. There will be no more crying. There will be no more sorrow. For the former things have passed away. The night is almost gone and the day is near. Let us, these are wonderful things Paul is telling us here. And we need to remember them. Uh, Paul tells us what to wear. What to wear uh, when it's day. What do we wear when it is day? Uh, and then he tells us what to do in this clothing once we put it on. And he says in, in verse 12, notice in Romans 12, uh, in 13, 12, he says, cast off the works of darkness. The works of darkness. And put on the clothing for the day. Let me ask you, uh, did you come this morning in your PJs? Why? Because that's the clothing of night. That's the clothing of darkness, if you will. That's just, uh, there's nothing sinful about it. PJs, but you don't come, you, you know, you put on, in, in, the, in the daytime, you put on different clothing. And this is what Paul is talking about. We're no longer clothed with darkness. We're clothed with light. We're clothed with righteousness. We're clothed with Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, he says. And make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. And he says, wake up, get dressed, put on the armor of light. And uh, 
kind of an odd word to put on the armor of light. You don't think of armor as being light. Uh, but I think Paul is saying that uh, the Christian life is just not a walk in the park. It's a one of battle. It's one where you put on armor. Ephesians 6, we went through that, the, uh, put on the whole armor of God. But he says here, he calls it the armor of light. Because what? There's a battle going on. Uh, and of course we know we're already children of light by faith. But I think the armor shows that you are a child of light. It shows you're by faith a child of light. But putting on Christ, people are going to see it. You don't take a candle and put it under a bushel. No, we're the light of the world. We're the light. Do, do people see Christ in us? Have we been changed by his mighty power? The other p- places where Paul talks about putting on clothes as a believer, Colossians 3, 12, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion. You see, this is, he's talking about putting on Christ who had a heart of compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and so forth. Also in Galatians 3.27, he says, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Wow. We're clothed with Christ. With the righteousness of Christ. We have put uh, on love. If you don't believe me, uh, at the end of Colossians 3.12, in verse 14, Paul says, put on love. There it is in, in Colossians 3.14. I didn't put that up there. I saw that after I had these verses put up. But uh, Paul is saying, become what you are. A Christ wearer. Become what you are. Wear Christ. That's who you are. Wear Christ. Be like Christ. Be like Christ. And then that parallel passage in 1 Thessalonians that we looked at earlier, verses 8, 7, 8, it says, For those who sleep do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet hope. Where have you seen that before? Faith, love, hope. 1 Corinthians 13. Now about it, faith, hope, love, these three. But what? The greatest of these is love. Put on love. You see, people will know if you're a Christian. It's funny, I run into people and we'll get, and I don't even have to ask them if they're a Christian. I just almost always strike up a conversation and find out they really are a Christian because Christ just is radiating out of them. Such love and such joy that's pouring out of them. And this is what, uh, what, what Paul is saying here. Be like Christ. Put on this armor and get busy fighting. That's what armor is for. It's for fighting. And we talked in Ephesians about the offensive and the defensive part of that. And uh, as he just mentions here, so he says... Put on faith, hope, and love. The 
armor of light is what it is. It's the armor of light. But faith in what? Hope in what? Love of what? I think faith comes from hearing. In other words, put on uh, the faith of Christ, the hope, and the love of Christ. He says, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, faith comes from hearing, so put on Christ by listening to God's word about Christ. Hope comes from believing the promises, so put on Christ by believing the promises about him. Put on uh, love comes from seeing the loveliness of Christ, experiencing that love. So put on Christ by remembering his beauty, by seeing and experiencing that love in your own life. You see, faith, hope, love. Verse 14, I think, should read like this. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and do not let any thought in your head that would lead you to a a sinful desire, not just the gratification of the sinful desire, but even the desire itself. Be like Christ. Put on Christ. This is so big. What is the secret of living a pure life? Verse 14. You have it right there in verse 14. Put on Christ. Put on Christ. What are you struggling with this morning as we close? Because we all struggle. Is there anybody that doesn't struggle in their Christian life? Yeah, even your pastor struggles. And I confess it. What what is it that we struggle against? Bad thoughts? Pornography? Bitterness? An affair? Revenge? They're all there. You see? Put on Christ every day, again and again. That's what Paul is saying. You know, as I spoke last, we're all so selfish. I am so selfish. But there's one thing I want us to, when we put on Christ, one of the, one of the most profound things that we put on is humility. Amen. Did you know what? It's not about me. It's not about yourself. You really discover that when you get married. Don't you? Yeah, you do. Why? Because I, got, I married this woman or I married this fellow because he was going to make me happy. He was going to meet all my needs. What's happened? What is that? Selfishness? That's all it is. And if you're trying to get your happiness from your mate, good luck. Because it ain't going to happen. No, you see, love is what Jesus did. He gave his life. He died for us when we were so unlovely. We were so unlovely, and he died for us. what do you have to do? What do you have to do? And this isn't easy. First of all, you have to 
You have to confess your failure to God. And make no provision. And put on Christ, making no provision. For the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Make no provision. What does that mean? That means if your struggle, let's say, is pornography, you don't put all of that filth in a box and go out and bury it in your backyard. And that's a good thing to do. But then you don't put a rock on top of it to remember where it is. Love doesn't keep a little black book. You keep a little black book of how your wife has hurt you and you bring it up to her all the time or vice versa. Or if somebody has hurt you in the past, you know. What should you do? What should you do? You should burn that book. Burn that book and put on Christ and experience the love that he has for you and then you'll find out these people that you didn't like very much, you love them now. You, that's the amazing thing. The amazing grace of God is that we can love people who are unlovely. We need to nail it to the cross. But you say, it's just a little black book. It's just a what, what, what harm is there and and. Okay, it's a little sin, but you know, I like to hug it and hold it, and I just get such, ah, it just makes me feel better, and I look better, because they're worse than I am, and no, you know, an ice pick has a very small point, but it'll kill you dead, and if you have this little thing, and you're keeping it, and you're cuddling it, and you're holding it, It'll kill you dead. It'll take all the joy out of your life. All the love for others out of your life. All you'll be thinking about is yourself. And I'm saying, bury it, burn it. Put it off, but then put on Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we confess to you our failures to you, Lord right now in, in, in each heart. Lord, all of us would say, Lord, it's time to burn that little black book. It's time to uh, bury that pornography or whatever it is, Lord. I pray that you'll give each one uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit to lay it aside, to nail it to the cross to give it to you, to cast all their cares upon you for you care for me. And that you, they would experience the love of Christ like they've never experienced in their life. They would experience such freedom of having all that stuff gone. Lord, by your power and by your might, may we heed to the words of Paul this morning because it is your word, O oh Lord, and it's truth. 
and uh, keep us from the evil one, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.